0: You're listening to My TV Years from TV Choice. Please give a rousing reception to your host, Mel Gedroich. Right, OK, that's that's like a village cricket pavilion. What, where, where is everyone? What? Hang on, why is it just my producer? Oh, goodness. Come on, right, let's just get on with it. Come on. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of the podcast. My guest this episode is somebody whose BAFTA award-winning TV show has taken the UK by storm which I had the pleasure of appearing on, Series 4. It was the best. You might also know him as the Taskmaster's assistant. To me, he's just Alex Horn. Alex Horn, Showbiz friend, and I like to think real-life friend as well.
1: I receive Christmas cards from you and don't send any back in return. <sighs>
0: I was going to say, I've probably been sending them to you for about, I don't know, three, 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 four years now. And um, I'm mm. hoping there'll be a sudden clump of them that might arrive in the middle of June or something.
1: I don't want to reveal your secret, Mel, but your Christmas cards are, oh, they're so good. Oh, they're impossible to replicate. So, yeah, one day you're going to get such a huge <laughs> gift, but not for many years. But yeah, I think we're friends. I think we're best friends.
0: I think we're good. I think I, th- I think yeah. I think there's 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 general good vibes, and uh, it's really lovely to see you. Thanks so much for coming on to my TV years. Now, Al, I want to find out from you what is the first show on telly that you remember watching as a kid.
1: Well, can I first of all say that's a great question, Mel.
0: <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty good, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I think it's really good because it makes you wonder what the first program you ever watched was. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I, I have thought about this, and I just tried. To, it's quite difficult thinking of your first memory, isn't it? Because you you quite often remember remembering your first memory,
0: or you remember fake things. Do you ever do that? You actually remember things that happened to somebody else, or that somebody mm. told you about, or that. Do you know what I mean? I think I've got a load of fake memories going yeah. on.
1: Well, also my first memory was when i was 24 nothing before that <laughs> so it was quite late this program
0: so the first yes yeah, so the first show was what
1: sopranos or something <laughs> yeah yeah it was baywatch actually <laughs> um no it was uh the first program i genuinely remember was a program called finger mouse
0: i remember it well
1: and i have looked this up since because i uh, wasn't sure it was a real memory because i it, well the way i remember it was it's a piece of cardboard on someone's finger Vaguely in the shape of a mouse and it turned out that's exactly what it was um.
0: <laughs> It's really weird finger mouse because I think you're about ten years younger than I am Alex, aren't okay. you? I, I we don't have to reveal so. our ages, but I think yeah. you're yeah I'm gonna say that you're at least ten years younger than I am. Well, this, this was
1: 1985 I know that this program. This is,
0: it, it's a mid-80s show and it is so 70s. What the heck is going on?
1: Yeah, maybe. I definitely watched TV before I was six or seven. That's when it came out. Yeah. But it is the first. But it, yeah, maybe because it feels so old. That's why I think it was the first one I ever saw. It's, but,
0: it, it's a guy. I seem to remember a very sort of gentle Scottish guy in a, in mm. a tank top, usually, or some sort of nice, cosy knit with a variety of instruments. And he always has on one finger a grey cardboard mouse yeah. with big ears and whiskers. And that's the show. That is that's the Fleming show. show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they got it commissioned. But um so was he doing the voice of the mouse was it it wasn't a sort of early bad ventriloquism was it or was it
0: Do you know what I think there was a there was a there was a lady helper. I'm going to say there? that her name was Jane because most people in the 80s were probably called Jane. I think she was called something like Jane, and she would do a sort of, the the Finger Mouse would often meet another character, Mm -hmm. and Jane would come in, and she'd do the sort of slightly more comedy voice, and then I think it was the guy who was playing the guitar that did the voice for Finger Mouse joanne
1: cole joanne cole was the was the other lady
0: oh is it joanne cole
1: and michael cole was the main guy so i wonder if they were related because they've got the same surname mel
0: yeah i kind of
1: don't want to know any more about it though i kind of want it to be just a blur if that's all right
0: (laughs) but it was a cardboard mouse out it's it's almost it's almost like something you might have off taskmaster yeah yeah
1: it looks like they created it in 20 minutes if that's what you mean
0: slightly doesn't it (laughs) But, I mean, it is is strangely gripping, the whole thing.
1: Well, also, because I do musical stuff now with this band, and it it is nice that there's music on telly. There's not enough music on telly, I don't think, for kids or for anyone. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, each episode was about a musical instrument told through the story of a cardboard mouse on Michael Cole's finger. Yeah. Um,
0: And and I remember the... um, the theme tune was a whole load of instruments and you'd start off there was a sort of close up of a hand playing on the keys of some sort of some sort of horn instrument
1: mm. and then
0: it moved into some drums and guitar I mean that but, mouse was all, all over those instruments so it all,
1: always involved the mouse finger mouse I have the mouse
0: called finger mouse finger mouse that's me I'm a musical paper mouse as anyone can see I can play drums That was the Finger Mouse theme written and performed by Michael Cole and Michael Jessett with Rick Jones. I guess it depends which hand the
1: mouse is on, what relationship they have with the instrument. Because I used to play the French horn and your right heart, arm is just stuffed up inside the bell. So that poor mouse, <laughs> if he's on the wrong finger, is in trouble.
0: <laughs> is there a show that you remember watching as a kid? You come from quite a big family, don't you, Alex?
1: Uh Yes, I suppose. Well, I've got two brothers, so yeah. there's three of us, and I've got three sons myself. So it seems to me a standard family size and the correct family size.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and what show do, do you remember watching? with your brothers and was there always a sort of you know, I'm assuming there was no remote control. Was there a was there a remote No, control? no,
1: no. It was buttons on the telly it was stand up and change the channel.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was sort of Saturday mornings with duvets. And I guess holiday times with duvets, coming down in the morning and having I I it felt like four hours in front of the telly, but it's probably forty five minutes. Yeah. And it was the equivalent of box sets. There's a program called The Mysterious Cities of Gold which felt like it ran and ran and ran and ran forever. And we never—I don't remember ever getting to the end. Whether they found these mysterious cities of gold, um, was,
0: was that the one? I've got a vague memory of this. I mean, I would have been seventeen, probably right. around around this time. So it wouldn't necessarily. Although having said that, my, I was fairly puerile in in my TV watching. But cities of gold was it quite a cheap cartoon? I don't think so. In my head, it was opulent, <laughs> and I
1: think it was Japanese. I think it was originally a Japanese program that they re. Uh, voiced. Yeah, okay. There's a guy called Esteban searching for these mysterious cities of gold. I think he had a monkey. Um but the it's mainly the theme tune. There's a lot of oh, 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 oh Will I find the mysterious cities of gold or something.
0: Yes.
1: But it was, a, it was it was probably better than that.
0: It's no I think no. It was no. Cheap. That's that is unca that's uncannily transported me right, right back there. <laughs> Was the mysterious cities of gold theme song performed by Noam Caniel, written and composed by Shuki Levy? Is it sort of Proto Studio Ghibli? I
1: think it might be Proto Studio Ghibli. I don't know what. The, well, I know what Studio means, but the other two I'm struggling with. Ghibli. Ghibli. What's what Studio Ghibli?
0: Studio Ghibli. Your kids must love those. This no, is my like my kids aren't
1: allowed to watch telly.
0: Yeah. Oh. So... <laughs> do they? Do they? Do they not? Al oh.
1: No, they they are into weaving and woodwork and um, and also. <laughs> uh helping in the community.
0: And whit and whittling.
1: Yeah. I think th- this was my only sort of brush with Proto Studio Ghibli and it maybe tarnished it for me because I, I don't know if they found the Cities of Gold or not.
0: And it was the monkey and there was some sort of was he the sort of comedy character?
1: Was there a comedy character? <laughs> I think there was a cheeky character. Yeah. So Esteban was the main guy. Oh I don't know if there was a let's say there was a funny monkey. Um <laughs> But and they just went. It just went on and on and on. I can't remember anything that ever happened.
0: Put it this way: I never sat down to watch a whole episode. I'm sure you know the answer to this next question, right. which is another cracker. Prepare for this. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a show that your mum and dad loved, but you found really boring?
1: I'm going to say yes, but I don't want to drag my mum into this because I don't think this is her fault. Okay. We we always had prawn cocktail, golden wonder crisps, and sat down and watched Question of Sport every. Tuesday? i will go for Tuesday. It might have been Thursday.
0: Weird. I thought it was on a Friday.
1: Yeah, it might have been Friday.
0: No, but maybe it was Tuesday. It's had loads of reincarnations, hasn't it, Question mm. of Sport? So my mid-80s, was... are we talking yes. Vine or are we talking Coleman?
1: We're talking Coleman, we're talking Emlyn Hughes and Bill Beaumont. Okay. Emlyn Hughes I found so funny, but that was it. Bill <laughs> Beaumont I couldn't stand. And I'm not sure, actually, I think my dad found Emlyn Hughes hilarious. And even then I thought, well, maybe he's not that funny. Um
0: <laughs> which was the one, or was it both of them that had the quite sort of um bashed up sort of rugby face now, That's sli- Beaumont.
1: But Beaumont had a f- face that looked like a rugby ball in but a sort of squashed but it, I mean these wonderful men I'm sure. But yeah, he he was he had the rugby he, and Emmeline was a Liverpool player, footballer.
0: Okay. Oh, Wembley was a footballer. I thought he was a rugby yeah. player. Oh, crikey, No, they sorry. wouldn't
1: have had two team captains from the same sports, Mal.
0: No, they never would.
1: They really think this through. They, there's a lot of diversity in those days. It was three white men from different sports.
0: <laughs> but you're a massive football fan, Al, so how come you found this boring? This well, is I'm weird.
1: A, yeah, well, I'm a football fan who doesn't like statistics. To be honest, I really like playing football and I'm not that interested in quizzes about football. But i think because i like football my parents assumed that i'd be into question of sport my older brother really loved it oh, okay. and if they listen to this and i don't know if that's a big or a small if but if they do i think they might be disappointed when they hear this revelation
0: oh I no because what you pretended dull. did you pretend to like it
1: yes yes oh, i think no. i clapped at the end like everyone else
0: oh alex oh that's awful but inside you were slightly sort of crying
1: oh it was very boring except for the what happens next round I, I love that. If you're that. aware of this. Yeah, that was always good. But even that was often the referee fell over. It, it was no You've Been Framed. Yeah. You've Been Framed is the best of all programmes for. It might be the best of all programmes. Yes. But you don't need what happened next if you've got You've Been Framed, I think.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I like the one that wasn't there around on Question of Sport. It's probably still there, to be fair, where somebody gets revealed slowly. Mm, mystery
1: Sportsman, yeah.
0: Mystery Sport, I quite like that. That's good, isn't it, Al? That's good. It.
1: it yes. Okay. I'll give you that it's fine my problem it's a good format point my problem was I never knew who these people were yeah so I like the scenarios I like that we're in a garden center one day and there's a man doing some pruning yeah and we're just seeing a hint of a moustache and there's some lovely English (laughs) classical music and it turns out it's Terry McDermott but I, I don't know enough about the people that's my problem I think it exposed a bit of a lack in a lack of knowledge in me and, um, I
0: think I think things gingered up nicely when Barker took over, actually, from Coleman. I haven't watched the latest reincarnation with Paddy McGuinness of you. I haven't I haven't seen it at all, but I should imagine it's quite banterous, isn't it? I I
1: haven't seen it either. I mean, there was, you know, you have asked me for a program I found boring in my youth, so I haven't really watched it since my youth.
0: <laughs> what is, what is your best TV
1: moment? Well, I'll go with a, a moment I really remember, and I, I have played it again and again in my head. The television moment, I suppose, that stayed with me, because we watched it as a family, it was the FA Cup in 1986, the FA Cup final, and in those days you did all sit around and watch the FA Cup final. And uh, I was a Liverpool fan, my little brother was an Everton fan, because we, we lived in the south-east of England. And um, Ian Rush scored a goal in a 3-1 win for Liverpool.
0: Oh, look at the space here now for Whelan.
1: Dalglish is making a run for him, and it's played across for Rush.
0: Liverpool and that will mean without any doubt at all now that the league and cup double will be theirs. Chip over the last defender to the man who never
1: fails from that sort of position. He knocked over a camera and he's knocked over... Everton.
0: That was Brian Moore commentating on the 1986 FA Cup final for ITV. And what struck me
1: about it and if you ask any Liverpool fan from my vintage they'll say the same thing. The ball hits a camera at the back of the goal and the camera falls over and I I wasn't so used to seeing that sort of thing on telly a camera being hit and it it made a different angle nowadays the cameras are everywhere in football you end up with that spider camera sweeping around
0: I don't remember that I think this is going to sound so pretentious 1986 I think I might have been living in Italy at the time (laughs) I know (laughs) absolute desperate times mate it was the it was the old it was the year off and i think i was this is weird but i was working in a seminary in rome at the time
1: now talk which one's a seminary it's to do with priests where they train up the priests where they train up the priests
0: i was it's really odd out and this is this is this show is not about me so if you ever do a podcast about seminaries or whatever, mm. I'll come on, and I'll tell the Another story. Thing. Yeah, But I, sure. I'm afraid, I didn't see that, that moment, but what I'm thinking is, Liverpool 3, Everton 1, this is, did this create terrible clash, with you and your brother, him well, being an Everton fan? N- no, he's very mellow,
1: and he's sort of, gone off football, I think maybe after that moment. Um, no, our whole family is pathetic, and none of us have conflict, so if, my older brother's a Man U fan, my dad's a Tottenham fan, my mum's a Motherwell fan, and Quinn the South fan, so if, My team beats my dad's team. We just don't mention it. There's no crowing. There's no text messages. We just pretend it didn't happen.
0: That's amazing.
1: It's very odd. And I don't even take pleasure in it. I'd almost prefer that my team draws with my family's teams.
0: Really? Because
1: then we're both unhappy or at least not happy.
0: And do you think, Al, I mean, watching footy on telly, is it ever as good as watching the real thing
1: Oh, it is. It is as long as you're in the right scenario. Yeah, yeah. I I think I prefer if I had the choice for the rest of my life to have to go to football matches or have to watch them on telly. I'm definitely watching it on telly.
0: Why is Why is that? What is it about watching it on telly that's so That's so great? It's just controllable.
1: Your whole environment. You pick who you're watching it with. You pick what you're eating it with, and how loud the volume is. I mean, I love going to a football match. I really do. But I I really enjoy going to Cheshire United, our local team. Because you get to have a chat. I mean, I don't watch a lot of the football. You just chat with your mates. Yeah. And you do that even more if you're watching it on the telly. You can turn over, Mel. Football's really boring for most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can just uh, do something else while you're doing it. You know, there's nothing better than watching one game a season at Anfield. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to go every week.
0: And when you go out to the, to the Anfield match... Mm. in the flesh do, do you go like in a big coach of, of fans no
1: no no I've I've never done that except for once with the Chesham United fans we went to watch them play Bristol Rovers in the FA Cup
0: oh that's that's and, amazing but,
1: but that you have literally all the Chesham United fans in one coach <laughs> and we we unload and that was really lovely because they all welcomed us oh. rather than I've, I've not done oh no I have done one coach to the Champions League match abroad and I really enjoyed the atmosphere but it was quite intimidating
0: quite leery um,
1: it was a little bit leery, which I sort of quite, I found myself liking it in the same way as, oh, once or twice I've seen a video of a fight somewhere, like on YouTube. Yes. And sort of got all a bit testosterone Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a funny old thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. A fu- it's a t- terrible. I used to go to a lot of Dons games back in We're the... not talking
1: Cambridge Dons. We're talking the Wimbledon, are we? <laughs> the Cambridge Dons.
0: <laughs> right. Yes, with with sort of mortarboards and... Yeah,
1: um... yeah. <laughs> like the Monty Python <laughs> philosophers. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, the the old yeah, the 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 Wombles, the Wombles. Mm. And I used to take various nephews along, but I tell you what, Al the swearing really put me yeah. off after a while. It was so much swearing.
1: Well, you just need to watch your language, Mel.
0: I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have I have apologized to my nephews. Yeah, good. <laughs> the little <laughs> f- <laughs> Was watching uh, football on telly. Is that what made you think, look, I want to get into I want to get into telly.
1: (laughs) No, I I think it was like looking through a window. I didn't really understand that that was anything to do with telly at that point. That was just football rather than telly. So, no, that came much later. I don't think there was ever a conscious moment. I don't know about you, but there was never a moment I thought, I want to work on telly.
0: Mate, for me, it was Singleton on Blue Peter, but that was before you were born.
1: Right. No, I think I was always wanting to do comedy, not on telly. And then it turns out, it shouldn't be a gateway to doing it on telly, but it's definitely easier to support a family if you've got some TV work. Yeah. And also it's slightly easier to not leave your wife every Friday and Saturday night to drive to Leeds and so on. Yeah, yeah so, um, yeah. so I never had an ambition to work on telly. But it was just a good, it was a good thing to do. Yes, it was a nice side project and it's it's happened to work out that I really enjoy it.
0: Yeah. So what was your first involvement, Al, in TV production?
1: I'm gonna say it was when I worked on Big Brother Three.
0: <gasps> okay. Which was um, one of the
1: classic years.
0: It was um, Kate Lawler.
1: Kate Lawler, yeah, who I now know really well because she works with my wife.
0: She did that brilliant dance where she mm. she folded up one leg and held onto the ankle at the back and did a yeah. sort of I don't know, a sort of pumping action with the leg.
1: I'm not sure if she came up with that, but she definitely propagated it and spread it around. And she um, won, Al. She won. I can tell you most of them. There's Alex Sibley, who was pretty.
0: Oh God, he was really good looking, and he did that thing where he was on his own in the bathroom, and then yeah. suddenly he did the kind of model catwalk thing, yeah. looking into the cameras and wearing flares. I seem to remember.
1: I think so, but that wasn't his fault. Um, there's Michael Spencer, who worked in Cambridge doing punting, and I'd seen him around. Uh, there's Alison Hammond. A lot of them gone gone on to do. Interesting things. But then there's Jade Goody as well, who was, oh, you know, a tragedy.
0: I loved her. Yeah. I absolutely loved that girl. I met her once. It was just very much in passing. We had sort of ten minutes just sitting down together in right. some reception area. She was an absolute hoot. Yeah. Really well, it delightful was in the days, girl.
1: It did feel like it was just the end of the innocence of Big Brother. I don't think these people went in just to be famous. But she did end up being on the front page of every newspaper. So I'd come back from a shift. My job was um, a logger. So I had to watch two hours at a time and type up on a laptop. I'm very good at touch typing. So I had to type up what was happening so the producers could come and it's quicker to read about what happens than to watch it. So I'd watch it for two hours, one hour off, two hours on, one hour off. And I'd go home and carry on watching it because it was so addictive. And then I'd wake up in the morning and it was front page of the newspapers. Because it was 24-hour TV making, so... It was incredible, the process, that the producers would have to make a program the same day as the th- events had happened. So instead of trawling through hours of footage, it's quicker for them to look at what we'd written. And we had special buttons on our keyboards with key words that they're looking for, like sex, arguments, oh. uh, jealousy, whatever. Drinking. Yeah, exactly. So it's quick for them. They look for the keywords, quickly read the paragraph we've written about what happened. And there was always a little time code saying exactly what time this happened. And then they brought up that. A um, oh, bit see. of footage. So it was fascinating seeing how telly was made, and we were sat in front of that big bank of uh, screens that you see on Big Brother's big mouth and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And we'd see Davina occasionally, and then before the housemates went into the house, we went into the house to test out some of the games, which definitely had a effect on me coming up with tasks.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, definitely. And we also got to wander into the camera runs and look at the people. It was, you know, it was real, and it was when it was so exciting, Big Brother.
0: In those days, it it was. it was. You must have felt like you were sort of, I don't know, that you were going to some crazy sort of gig, some huge rock and roll gig or something. Yeah, eviction nights were insane. You know, everyone
1: would turn up. And also people were throwing things over the walls at that time. You know, they'd throw food over or messages saying, we love you or don't trust this person, that sort of thing. Oh, my gosh. So it was all fascinating.
0: That was really interesting about, um, you know, some of the games kind of definitely might have, you know, inspired or affected your relationship with your amazing mm. hit show, Taskmaster. Can you can you remember any of those games that you had to play in, in Big Brother when you were testing them out for the contestants?
1: Well, I can remember one which was, it was just darts, but you had to use your wrong hand, and that was it. It was just play darts with your wrong hand. But I just remember the sense of competition amongst the five of us who were testing these games. It was just really intense, and I think there was... I think there were ways of changing the rules, um, which I suppose we were all about in Taskmaster. But there was, a, there was one which, in a series soon after me, where the contestants had to sit in a cardboard box for as long as possible. Oh, my God. And I think that was it. That was a game. Stay in the cardboard box for as long as possible. <coughs> Last person out gets a treat or whatever.
0: 4.27pm. Derek and Roberto are by the kitchen. They've been inside their boxes for four hours and 50 minutes.
1: Kamal was the third housemate to leave his box. Craig, Anthony, Maxwell and McCourcy are still inside their boxes. Sam is by the pool.
0: It's been two hours and 29 minutes since she got out of her box. That was Marcus Bentley narrating Big Brother 2005, day 16 episode for Channel 4.
1: And I just remember the footage of, they just had the boxes and the speech and that was it and it was on telly for half an hour just these cardboard boxes and it was so funny and there were some really good funny moments on Big Brother that get forgotten I think
0: that's very Taskmaster the cardboard boxes
1: yeah and there's also the celebrity Big Brother when in the first series Jack D was trying to escape by digging a hole with a spoon in the garden that was strong and that made me and I still do want to get Jack D on Taskmaster because that's the sort of brain we want on the show. So every time people ask me who do I want on Taskmaster, it's always Jack D because of what he did on Celeb Big Brother. Jack
0: D has got to do Taskmaster. It's completely
1: made for him. Well, maybe you're the person to make it happen. I'll
0: uh, I, haven't, next... I
1: haven't got a way to
0: Jack. I haven't got an in. Let me Jim, Let me put out the feelers, mate. What was your first role on telly, Al? So you 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 were in the kind of I can imagine you behind the scenes. It had that strange rat run going all the way round. Um, the central dome of the Big Brother house, didn't it? Mm, yes. Um, so were you ever caught on camera? Was that your first appearance oh, on telly?
1: No, I don't think I was ever on telly in Big Brother. I might, I, I was also a runner, which is for people that don't know telly, production roles. I don't. Know, I guess it's called a runner because you run, you have to go and make tea for everyone and get stuff. And I worked for Will McDonald at Monkey Television. Oh Will's yes. Will's great, he, from TFI Friday fame, but also just a brilliant producer. And I think I might have been caught on telly on a programme called Make My Day, which we did, which was a really great concept where an unsuspecting member of the public has been nominated by their friends to have the best day of their life. Oh, great. So they're being filmed by lots of hidden cameras. Uh, And, for example, one lady was a big Take That fan. So we had Mark Owen walk up the street. We knew she was on her way to to work. Mark Owen walked past, dropped all his stuff. She helped him pick him up. And they end up spending the whole day together, having dinner together. But it's all a setup. But it's all positive. It's lovely. It's like a prank show, but all, all nice.
0: Nice pranks. That's good, man. So I
1: think I might have been in the background of some of them, because it was quite hands-on. Right. And I had to, yeah, I'm sure I had to walk past them with a camera and a briefcase, that sort of thing. So that was really exciting as a 22-year-old. Yeah. And then I think two years after that, maybe four years after that, I was a contestant on Real Countdown. and And that, that's my first starring role. With Whiteley? With Des O'Connor. With Des with, O'Connor. With Vauders.
0: Vauds and Des O'Connor. Vauds,
1: so, Dents, Connor.
0: So what year are we talking? What year is this?
1: I was a finals qualifier in series 59. <gasps> 2009. 2008. 2008. 2008. That's when I was on it, yeah. This gentleman here, you've got to beat him, is Alex Horn? He's a writer and stand-up comic from Chesham in Buckinghamshire. He enjoys bird-watching and looking after his two chickens, I like their names, Shakira and Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> inspired choices they Thank are you. he likes calypso music Liverpool Football Club and Natasha Kaplinski oh yeah yes why did you call one of the birds Natasha that would have been oh they just look like Beyonce they look nothing like Natasha oh I see yeah. <laughs> Well, you've obviously studied your birds now,
0: that was Alex Des O'Connor Carol Vorderman and Alex Horn on Countdown 2008 the Tuesday the 26th of August episode for Channel 4 and I beat an old
1: lady in my first game so she didn't get the teapot oh no in my second game I beat an old lady so I won I won three.
0: so hang on, re- remind me you you win a game on countdown and then you come back the next day, don't you? Yes, and then you you try and stick it out to the end of the week, and then there's what a a, a sort of a, a weekly winner is that how it works?
1: No, no, no if you win eight games, you're an octo champ and you can retire <laughs> uh, and if you win sort of four or five, you'll probably make it through to the semifinals at the end of the series, the quarterfinals and semifinals. God, this is a bit blurry for me too, and Countdown fans will be furious with me for getting this wrong. No, don't don't, um, don't worry.
0: Who was in Dictionary Corner? Can you remember? Well, it was
1: lovely. It was Arthur Smith. And I knew Arthur Smith because I'd started doing stand-up at this point. So I had a very comfortable chair next to Arthur. And I'd, I'd written to Susie Dent before because the reason I went on was I was doing an Edinburgh show all about how to get a word into the dictionary. I was determined to get a word into the dictionary. Oh. And the word I was trying to get on, or one of the words, there were a few, was a word called, well, honk, H-O-N-K, but with a new meaning as a slang word for cash. So I haven't got any honk on me, or that's a lot of honk, that sort of thing. It sounds about right. You could imagine it slipping into conversation. So I went on countdown, and incredibly, on my second game, the right letters came up to spell out honk. So I found honk, and I found a much longer word, but I sacrificed the points and said I found honk, meaning money. And Susie Dent said, "Yep, that counts." What? And so that was my proof that it was a word. So that was the whole reason for going on Countdown, and it, and it and it all paid off. And I actually yeah did all right with it. So it was That's... a very strange moment. And and Susie, since I know Susie quite well now, and she didn't know what I was up to, and sort of now finds it quite amusing.
0: Did, hang on, did you invent that concept, Al, that honk should mean money?
1: Yes. Yeah, about 2 years before going on Countdown.
0: So you'd used it so much and you'd spread it so far and wide that it became sort of common usage.
1: No. Well, all that happened was I kind of said I found honk and then under my breath said meaning money. So I'm not even sure if Susie heard that. But I have got the videotape of it and you can it's audible. So it, that's enough proof that it's I can show people and say look it's on normal telly.
0: I love that. And do you still use that word? Do you still, you, you know, say look Yeah. Guys, have you got have you got any honk? I need to go down to the supermarket or whatever. Do you? I do, it but home? it's more
1: that quite often I, you know how things are. You get to be on a, t- programme now. You know, might get asked to go on some quiz show for charity, and it's always for money for the charity. So I will try to say, "Well, this is a lot of honk," so I'm going to do my best. <laughs> so if you, yeah, do watch my I'm television g- appearances, and I, I do try to slip it in.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna watch out for that. I've been trying to. Well, I've used the word Jud. For years and years and years, since the mid '80s, actually, when about the time when you were watching sort of Cities of Gold, mm. um, after Leslie Judd, the Blue Peter presenter, right. Uh, so if you say something's a bit Judd, it means, and I this is, I I mean no disrespect to Leslie when I say this, but it means it's a bit below par.
1: Right, a bit village. When I was a kid, I'd call that village.
0: Mate, I use village as well.
1: Oh. I didn't. I never know. I thought that was a Sussex word.
0: But hang on, where did you get that from? Because Sue and I, my comedy partner, Sue, we've said village since, I don't know, 88 or something. And we got it from our mate, Henry Naylor, who used to be a stand-up.
1: Yes, I know Henry, yeah.
0: And he used to say it, and we just, it just used to make us howl with laughter, but he said it because he'd heard it on some cricket commentary, and the guy right. had said, oh, well, this, this isn't international cricket, this is village.
1: This is village. You know, maybe we got it from him, or maybe it's, you know, twin brains coming out on oh, the I same Oh, I love concert.
0: village. I've got my kids saying it.
1: Right. Well, I will get my kids say it immediately. It's because it's quite a pleasant word.
0: Oh, it's brilliant! It's yeah, ab- oh no, no. Soon I is, say it constantly. Absolutely village. Oh, I'm really glad that you say that, Al. That's this. This is very good. This is. Well, very I'll get ve- I'll get
1: Judd going as well over here in Buckinghamshire. Oh, Hampshire. Judd is
0: excellent when you can't think of another word. Yeah. Just meaning a bit weird, Judd. below par, a bit disappointing. Yeah. A bit odd. You can say Judd. <laughs> It's the must-have toy every child in the world wants right now. It's bigger. It's stronger. It's faster. It's ball in a cup. What are you watching at the moment, Al? I mean, not at the moment. I mean, I hope you're not watching something at the moment. I hope, I hope your full attention is on this podcast. But of course, it is. I, I don't watch that
1: much telly, Mel. Um, what I'm trying to get better at is watching stuff with the kids, so they're not just watching YouTube. Yeah. And the program we're watching together at the moment, which I'm really enjoying, is Lego Masters Australia, which I really recommend to people. It's it's brilliant. It is like Bake Off. It's a talent show where people are evicted. But it's really funny. It's brilliant for the kids. It's exciting. It's brilliantly filmed. There's a guy called Hamish Blake who presents it, who's a stand-up, who's very, very funny. So, yeah, I just wholeheartedly recommend it to people.
0: And they make stuff out of Lego?
1: Yeah, they have challenges like each of the contestants. There's pairs who do it, which is always sweet. So there's a boy and his granny or one team. And it's breaking stereotypes and so on. And uh, one challenge is they're each given an enormous parrot made out of Lego. But the challenge is to use all the bricks in the parrot to make something completely different to a parrot. So they've all started with the same building blocks and they're all making something different. Um, And quite often they have to build something and then they have to destroy it in the most dramatic way. So it's the sort of stuff you do as a kid, but this is on a huge scale.
0: I like the sound of this.
1: So you're looking at 75,000 Lego bricks. (laughs) Oh, wow. Myself and a team of eight took 135 hours to put this together. Wow. The real trick about a Lego model such as this is capturing all of the subtleties. Permission to touch touch one bit? Very carefully. One of my favourite bits is... The suspension and the engine on this.
0: Oh, oh, oh. oh no, oh, oh, no, oh, no! Oh. What have I done? <laughs> that was Hamish Blake and Ryan McNaught hosting LEGO Masters Australia 2020, Season 2, Episode 10 for Nine Network. Oh, you would so love it, honestly. I like this sound. This sounds right up my street.
1: Yeah, it's really worth it. It's that thing, it hooks you in, like on Baker, where you've got to see the cakes at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to see the bills at the end of LEGO Masters.
0: Amazing. Um, so I was
1: I was brought onto it by a, my pianist in the band, who watches it with his girlfriend. You know they're in their forties, so you can you don't have to have kids to watch it. I try to make them watch Blue Planet and things like that, and I haven't got the stamina, um, <laughs> or they haven't. You know I can tell they are being forced to watch it, whereas this has really caught their imagination
0: they absolutely love it that's brilliant okay i'll get I'll get on to that actually. I need yeah, something new is is there loads of stuff then that you you know the kind of seminal iconic stuff that everyone talks on that everyone talks about and bangs on about you mm. know the sort of oh i don't know the wire is, is there mm. stuff like that that you kind of think I really should watch that i haven't got I haven't sort of got round to that yet
1: all those programs sopranos wire. Peaky Blinders, Breaking Bad, Narcos, all of them, I'm just way off. And it feels like it's a mountain to climb. It feels worse than Everest.
0: I, I totally agree with you. I haven't seen a single one of those ones no. that you mentioned. I tried to watch Breaking Bad, but I kept falling asleep. I know it's brilliant. I know mm. all the acting is tremendous. The writing, well, it's they've extraordinary. They've all got
1: spin-offs as well now. So you, it's not only Breaking Bad. It's then the Better Call Saul, which, again, everyone says is the best television ever. But I really like You've Been Framed. <laughs>
0: It's I, it's quite stressful. Do you find it stressful, Al? And,
1: yeah, and part I, of I, the problem I, is my wife really finds it stressful, and we uh, don't have that much time together because of life. Yeah. So when we're going to sit down and watch something, yeah, she doesn't watch, want to watch something stressful. She wants to watch often the latest ITV police drama. Yes. And I'm fine with that because they're stressful in a very different way.
0: Yeah. I, I quite like Unforgotten actually, if we're gonna talk ITV yeah. police drama.
1: Nice and slow. Nice They're and crimes slow. that happened fifty years ago so no one seems too upset anymore.
0: Exactly, exactly. It's kind of gentle in its in its violence, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean it's still horrific, I suppose, if you take it too seriously. But no, I'm with you on that. I think we might have similar tastes.
0: I think we might do. I think I've I've got loads of box sets on the shelf and it actually makes me feel a bit sick when mm. I go in. And see them there, because I just feel, oh, God. And everyone talks. Have you ever pretended that you've seen a box set that you
1: haven't? I've pretended. I, I I have watched the first series of Breaking Bad, and I've pretended I've watched all of it. Good. Because I know what happens at the end. Somebody told me. Yeah. So so I can pretend. And I, the way to pretend is just to say, well, let's not talk about it, because we don't want to spoil <laughs> it for anyone. With Breaking Bad, if you just say, oh, but the fly episode, and then do a grimace. Okay. That, that's a good thing to do. There's a fly episode, but I don't really know what that means.
0: Okay, the fly episode, and then...
1: Yeah. Just go, oh, that wasn't that was when it really let itself down.
0: Okay. Have you braced yourself for um the Adam Cave This Is Gonna Hurt?
1: Uh it's a very good description bracing yourself for it, isn't it? Because we did watch the first episode. My dad used to do that job. He was in a hospital. Wow. Um being a junior house officer delivering babies and whatnot. And he said he couldn't really watch it because it was so realistic. He said those situations are not over the top. Yeah. He said obviously they're condensed into a a drama but yeah. he said it he said it was so uncomfortable watching it because it's real so yeah we watched we watched one episode really enjoyed it and thought that's it we've we've watched it now we don't need to watch that again
0: yeah i, I think i've I, done i've done five or something right um, it's cowardly
1: was... of us we just it was yeah not relaxing right my wife goes to bed at half past eight because she's a works very early in the morning on the radio she's
0: up super so she doesn't
1: early. want to go to bed and dream about it
0: yeah no fair enough fair enough What's your favourite theme tune? I must ask you that because you're an amazing musician as well as all the other things that you do. What's what's the best, the greatest theme tune ever written, do you think? Well,
1: I'm not um, a musician. Um, and the you're band a French was, horn player, though. Well, I got grade three, but the band find it so funny that everyone assumes I'm a musician, but I'm really not. But i take that. The greatest theme tune, I mean, I, I probably would go for Baywatch because it makes me sort of judder the first bit of it. Um, I mean, the A-Team is an obvious one, Ugh. but I think Baywatch is so funny. You know what? It's better to say it than sing it. Can I Can I say the say words it. to
0: you? Say it.
1: Okay, give me one second, because I'm going to get this right. <laughs>
0: I, I, while you it, do that, I'm just going to lightly um, chumble over the A-Team, because it is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: well, you know, you could do that while I say the theme tune to uh, Baywatch, if you want. Go on. Some people stand in the darkness afraid to step into the light Some people need to help somebody on the edge of surrenders in sight Don't you worry, it's going to be alright because I'm always ready I won't let you out of my sight I'll be ready whenever you fear Oh, don't you fear, I'll be ready Forever and always, I'm always here
0: So long!
1: Oh, that's uh, the third of nine stanzas
0: was I'm Always Here, performed by Jimmy Jameson, music by Cory Lerios and John D'Andrea, lyrics by Joe Henry and Jimmy Jameson. Absolutely marvellous.
1: Well, when, it's, when I go on Desert Island Discs, which I guess is after this, yeah. um, it's just that theme tune. Every single one of my discs <laughs> is that theme tune.
0: <laughs> and while you're, while you're there, I think the Finger Mouse uh, theme tune really, really merits a re-listen. It's actually really beautiful. It's is it? very Not long. Spooky. I'm
1: worried it's spooky. I haven't gone back. You think I can go back?
0: You can go back. You can just go to YouTube, Al. I know, but I'm worried it's going to
1: just bring everything my awful childhood is going to come back. <laughs> I actually had a very lovely childhood, so so I will. I'll go back. And, yeah, and go go back,
0: that. go back. Finger Mouse, of course, the the sort of um, the child of the of the Finger Bob, which is more my um, my. Generation. Yeah, well, it was a
1: spin-off. Yeah, which is which I had no idea at the time. Yeah. What does Finger Bob mean? What was Bob? Was he just a finger?
0: It was just more hippie. Right. It was quite similar, if I'm honest, Al. There were there was a sort of guy, a very, very beardy guy in corduroy flares, although you couldn't see them because he was usually behind a sort of big desk of sand. And then the bobs, the finger bobs, would sort of would appear out of various parts um of things in front of him. It was like finger mouse, but just probably not not quite as technologically um up there, if you can imagine. Because finger mouse but do you think
1: he thought he was going to carry on with this finger franchise forever? Once he'd done finger Bob, finger mouse, you know, finger elephant, you'd think is round the corner. Yeah,
0: ex- exactly, exactly, or move on to the toes, you know.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna watch a lot of Finger Bob tonight.
0: Forget Breaking Bad, just go straight to yeah. the Bobs. Al, <laughs> thank you so much for talking about your TV years.
1: It's been lovely, Mel. I, I I feel it's all a bit of a fog, but I think that's how I like to remember telly. Yeah. Just gently remembering it so yeah it's been very nice talking to you too your your first question particularly was brilliant
0: i thought i pulled i pulled something fairly special out of the bag there and and thank you for pointing that up ah alex horn there and i will be expecting a christmas card in the post this year thank you very much if you've liked and subscribed to the podcast and left a nice review so far you can ignore this next bit if you haven't i'm very disappointed Uh, There are plenty of previous episodes to catch up on from the likes of Sanjeev Bhaskar, sally Ann Matthews and Hugh Dennis, so make sure you don't miss those. I'm Mel Gedroy and I'll be back soon with more episodes of My TV Years from TV Choice.